0: Hi guys, welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast So we're talking about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram, all the, all the places. I'm Caitlin, joined by my hosts Bridget and Hilda. Hi. Hi. And we're back. We're back to talk about a book that we all have some feelings. We've got feelings on. Uh, so before we get into this book that we have feelings on, and I'm pretty sure there's some strong, strong feelings on this one. I'll tell you what it is. It's a game (laughs) of malice and greed. I guess I could start there. This is the new book series from the Twisted Sisters from Suzanne Valenti and Caroline Peckham. And this is their new spinoff unrelated to Zodiac, unrelated to any of the other series. This is a brand new book. Um, It just came out um, a few weeks ago. So we went through it like we always do, and we come to you guys to talk about these things. Before we share our thoughts and feelings, just want to spread some love. (laughs) Yes. Wanted to start off the bat with some love. and I want to say Spotify, friends, family, we see you there. I don't know if there's actually any family there, but friends. (laughs) We love you. We see you. Thank you so much for taking a moment out of your day and giving us um, a rating. We really appreciate that. And to our Apple fans, we love you guys so much as well. Thank you for always taking a moment out of your day as well, leaving us a review, a rating. We really appreciate it because it helps us get our rankings up and get this podcast out to everyone because everyone's got thoughts and feelings on books and we need a safe space to talk about these things. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah, and this is a safe space.
0: Safe space, safe space. The safest of spaces.
1: We're not going to judge you here. We don't oh, no, pronounce no, we things. No, we don't. We, we don't judge pronounce ourselves. things correctly. Like,
0: so, like, I we can't cannot judge, judge anyone. We judge no one. We judge no one. All opinions, you know.
1: By Thesus, we cannot judge anybody.
0: <laughs> Thesus help us. We will not hold anything against Thesus the Our holy father. <laughs> <laughs> Love a callback moment. So if you, you, you saw Radiance In, you listened to Radiance In with us, you know why we are calling Theseus Theseus. Don't so- worry, guys. I've vowed and you're gonna have to hold me accountable for this. By the time the next book
2: comes out. I don't know if I'm gonna hit up YouTube or actually go back and read all of the Greek mythology no, books. You
0: can't. You can't because this is my this is part of your charm. This is
2: what makes me love
0: you even more.
2: It's okay. I could do a side by side what I learned and how I still originally say it. Cause you know I'm still gonna say it like Orion or Orion, Orion. I know it's Orion. <laughs>
0: it makes sense. I know it's the
2: stars.
0: Oh, I'm still deadass calling uh calamani calamari. Like, I will not. I can't change it. It's... Cal and my Kalamai. See? I don't even know. Kalamini? I don't know. Who knows? All right. <clears throat> Hilda, guys. I don't, okay. I don't know where to start. Maybe you want to kick okay. us off with a... Okay. Uh, I, I, was, I want to say that this book
2: was written as a retelling of Aladdin with some Rapunzel, Rapunzel. peppered in there. And Hilda is giving me a face because so she doesn't get that part. But if you've seen Tangled and you... Yes, Tangled. If you've met... What is the name? Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider
0: yeah. is your. He's giving your, some uh-huh. vibes. You definitely got Mother Gothel in there as well. Yep. And oh yeah, yeah, Mother Gothel's in there. Um, I, I think it. When you're reading it, those elements of Aladdin and Tangled really stick out to you. If you're familiar, you know I love a Disney movie, so.
1: So I was going to say when they were promoting the book. You know, they did say, yes, it's like a, an Aladdin retelling with some Rapunzel in there. Totally picked up on the Aladdin stuff. I mean, I've seen Aladdin like a gajillion times.
0: Me I've too. It's only one of my favorites. I've
1: seen Rapunzel once. So as a like non-Rapunzel lover, mm-hmm. I didn't get the connection. Okay. Like Wicked Witch, Stepmother. Everyone has one of those. They Cinderella do. Cinderella had them. Snow White That's had true. them. You, know, you want to write something new? Write a nice stepmother that everybody likes.
0: That would really change things up. That would be like out of left field. So, so yeah. Well, I highly suggest you put Tangled to next on your list.
2: Well, I saw it well, once. So, there's a the second Tangled?
0: What? No, oh, you said Tangled
2: 2. Okay, I thought you yeah. meant like Tangled 2, like the number 2. Like. like
0: Bridget's like, what? <laughs> Adding this right down to Disney+. Plus.
2: I was like, you know, my son's on a Disney kick, so we've just been going through the movies left and right.
0: There's some bops. Some bops, as the kids say. In um,
2: bops for sure. And then also these new ones. Like, I just watched Wreck-It Ralph.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That got John really emotional for whatever reason, and I was like, "You okay over there, buddy?" And he's just sitting on the side of the sofa, like boohoo crying. And I was like, oh. "He's like, the boys are just gonna grow up one day, and they're gonna leave." And I was like, "They're two in six months, or like eight months. Calm down now.
0: We have some time.
2: Yeah, like eighteen years. Calm down.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny, though. Poor John. Yeah." You know when men are having feelings, I just let them. You know, I just let them, them feel. It. Cecilia wore a hot pink bathing suit for her Barbie birthday, and Shannon was like, "We look like an adult." And I'm like, there, "He's like, this just is so grown up." And I'm like, "It's a hot pink bathing suit. There's like a ruffle at the top." He's I will like, say,
2: I saw her photos, and I was like, "Oh my god, when did she?" Because I remember her from being such like a tiny little Cecilia, and then Margot was like toddler when I first met her, and now they're like little grown women, little grown humans. Wild. So adorable. So mm. I feel you, Shannon. I'm not one. Because yeah. I was also like,
0: what?
2: Who's this little girl? Who's this, who's this girl? Not up. even little girl.
0: Like- oh. Well, you know, they get a sassitude to go with them. Mm. Much like Mother Gothel and Rapunzel. You know what I mean? No. I don't Listen really to your mumsy? <laughs>
1: mm
0: mm-hmm. you listen to your mumsy. It's a scary world out there. Yep. What she says. Anyway, so it, it draws in heavily from Rapunzel – and Aladdin, um, like the forty thieves mention. Uh, you know, like well Alibaba had them 40 thieves. Yeah, the <laughs> inspo was good.
2: Like they had a lot to pull from and they did pull from a lot, which was very surprising when I started reading it and it fell flat for me. Did wait, you guys read wait, the wait, prequel?
1: Wait. No, I did not. I didn't okay. Either.
2: I have comments about this too. All right, okay. Do your thing, Hilda.
1: Okay, it was wait wait. Hold on the reactions. Um, okay, so a game of malice and greed. agamag so, Agamag. There's four people you need to know and care about, and then some other people. So, first you have Kira, who is trapped in the coin. She's called the Blessing. She has a lot of power. I'm glad Reason- you called her
2: Kira. Because apparently they call her Kyra.
1: Who calls her Kyra?
2: The Twisted Sisters.
1: Are you serious? Kyra? Off yep. the bat, we're already wrong? I thought that was an Ugh. easy
2: one. Me too. My
1: niece spelled yeah. that.
2: So Kira, I was like, all right, cool. This is an easy one. And I looked it up and I was like, Kyra? What the
1: heck? When Kyra. Okay. Alexa reads to me, she calls her Kira. I don't know. Okay. Well, she's Kyra. Because I didn't hear this.
0: For us, uh, she's Kyra.
1: So Kira, she is the blessing. She's trapped in the coin. She has all this power. Um, We get part of her backstory in the prequel which I did not read. But what is revealed to us in the book is that her sister was murdered by this ancient emperor Um, and so she decided to take revenge on him and she killed him by pretending to be like, I don't know, a member of his harem or something. And as punishment, um, she is basically forced into the woods by, I, I want to say Carl, his name was not Carl, by some evil priest. Carl? Maybe it's Carly? Carly? I don't know. Carly? I don't know. I don't recall. I don't I'm going to go back I can't back remember his name. It. Anyways, and so she's imbued with all this power. I don't think we get the full story of how she ended up with all this power, just that she ended up. With all his power as punishment, and so she's, and she's been living a genie. This oh, clear, there, clear. See,
0: Carl, clear, same thing. Um, <laughs> tomato, tomato. But she's basically your genie he's in a this. Genie, yeah. in this scenario,
2: genie in a bottle, baby. <laughs> please do that again, please. please. I can't repeat something so authentic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Christina,
1: calm down. Um. She's just going to go for it again. (laughs) Kira's essentially the genie. Um, Then we have Drake. Drake is your, I guess, Aladdin character. And Drake um, is a thief. He's a member of the 40 Thieves, which is not really 40 people, but it's like this famous band of thieves in Assyria, which is the empire that we're in, which is made up of 12 kingdoms. Don't ask me for any of the other names because I don't know them. Anyways. I don't want to say Drake is the thief with the heart of gold, because he's not. He's kind of a jerk. He's been tortured. We come to find out later that he was tortured also by Khalir. and he's covered in all these tattoos, which are actually the names of, like, all the ancient gods. We don't know this until the very end. But anyways, he's been stealing stuff his entire life, um, and and he's always only watches out for himself. And one of those stupid moments when he tries to rescue Pip which was a fellow young street urchin. He gets thrown mm-hmm. into prison. Um, and that this, this is how he ends up on his mission to look for the coin. Then we have Cassius. Who I is, have a gripe with his name. Hold on. With Cass. Just call him Cass. Or is it Cassius? Cassius? Cassius?
2: I said Cassius. Cassius? I said Cassius as well.
1: well we're going to call him Cass.
2: Cool.
1: Okay. So Cass is a royal palace guard. Um, He likes to constantly say, I am made of steel. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So Cassius is supposed to be, I don't know, like, he has given his life for the emperor and his family. Um, He's supposed to be very honorable. Um, But as Drake likes to say, he has a stick up his arse probably not very flexible. Um, he's very duty bound. And so he accidentally sees the princess unveiled. He gets thrown into prison and that's how he ends up meeting Cass. Um, and they end up going on the journey to find the golden coin. Then we have Princess Austin. So Princess Austin is obviously the princess of the kingdom she is the emperor's only child but because she is a princess she cannot rule so there's going to be a tournament to find out who can marry her great sounds cool apparently austin has an affinity for fighting was it fighting or weapons i think it was fighting no it was steel right
2: yeah steel an affinity for steel and then i think she also talked about being like an affinity for war which to me it's like the same shit
0: just a quick note. So affinities are like these talents or things you may have that have been passed down from ancient old fae in their world. So like you may have an animal affinity. So it makes you be able to talk or you connect more with animals. If you've got a steel affinity, you're very handy with weapons. You have like more natural skill than like Joe Schmo. If you have a so, sex
1: affinity, you're yeah, just like like Drake. Good at sex. Who's question so, has sex affinity?
0: I
2: don't know. I, I think I'm like mixing up the prequel and like the actual book. But as the generations have gone on and the Fae become further away from the first lie, they kind of, their power lessens. But mm-hmm. actually, in the prequel, their affinities was more like powers versus just like influence. And
1: yeah, it's been watered down because the gods left. And so yes. it's only the affinities are now just an inkling of what the power used to be. Um, so, anyways, Austin is bitter, obviously because she can't rule the kingdom um, but obviously she's very beautiful so they're going to have this tournament about who's going to marry her um, and of course she has a wicked stepmother who is Magdor um, Magdor um, we meet her at the very beginning of the book I guess she was this priestess who wanted a lot of power she drags herself to the end of the world the mountains there and she finds her dat yep her dat her dat did you hear I that i heard that i heard, heard that, that. <laughs> heard that yep
0: um
1: who's like the ancient god of death and she like sacrifices herself so the god makes her like super beautiful and so basically she has um the emperor i don't know she has magic performed on him she has a spell um she has him wrapped around her little finger and she's very beautiful but she's very obviously very she's... ugly on the inside and she wants power
0: yeah, she's your Jafar slash Mother Gothel figure in this.
1: Right, you have a bunch of other like side characters, not really important. I don't want to get too much into this because we'll eventually, I guess, do a full recap. This is just be quick recap and then our reactions because I feel like we're going to talk a lot about our reactions. Essentially, Drake gets caught while on a job because he was trying to keep Pip, which is like this 12 year old thief that just joined the 40 Thieves. Um, from getting, like, beat up and thrown into prison. So he, like, sacrifices himself, and he gets thrown into prison. Cass walks in. I wouldn't say walks in. He's, like, around um the princess, and he unintentionally sees her face, which is apparently a huge crime because she hasn't been unveiled. Um, And so he gets thrown into prison. Cass and Drake meet each other in prison. Hmm, do I want to say they bond? Not really bond. But anyway. they
0: both agree they don't want to die.
1: Exactly. Before Cass is thrown into prison, um, Magdor was basically like, Um, I need you to do something for me. And if you do something for me, like I'll let you out of prison. Um, but Cass, because he's like so honorable, was like, No, um, I'm not gonna do anything for you. And you didn't Cass- officially
2: tell her no, like that was his inner monologue. So she thought she was gonna come back and find him and like send him on this little quest to go get the coin. To
1: go get this was it a did he know it was a coin? Yeah, or no, he, knew he it was just a coin. knew it was a treasure.
2: I think the vision that she sends him shows him the coin. Okay.
0: Yeah. So anyway. So he's like the diamond in the rough that has to go to the Cave of Wonders to go retrieve this coin for Magdor, and she imbues some kind of like psychic knowing of where he knows how to go get it. Like it can't be her. She gives it to him. So this is what kind of leads him forward and why Drake um like needs him to go find the treasure and why he They have their little adventure. I do want to say
2: one thing is that Cass stumbled upon the princess unveiled because he was doing his own detective work, trying to catch Magdor, committing whatever he thinks she might be doing to prove that she has influence over the emperor. Like, he has this inkling that, like, she is the reason that he's changed so much. So he's on his, like, little side mission in the – while doing his job, and that's how he gets into trouble.
1: Yeah. So, Cass knows, um, and Austin knows as well, um, that Magdor is using some type of magic, which is forbidden and banned in the kingdom. Um, okay, so Cass and Drake meet each other in prison um, when the 40 thieves come to rescue Drake because they want the treasure, gold, whatever, for the job that he got caught doing. Um, he ends up taking cast with him. because cast kind of tells him, hey, you know, if you get me out of here, I can lead you to the treasure. Anyways, long story short, we meet the leader of the band of thieves. Um, his name is Egos. Um, and he's probably,
2: I don't know, a fat bastard. Anyways. Sounds accurate.
1: Drake and um, Cass leave on their mission. Um. Um, to go find this treasure, they go with some of Cassa's uh, fellow forty thieves. On the way to the treasure, they meet a dragon whose name is Azura. Azura.
0: Azura, I think is how I was saying. Azura, it.
1: and um, dragons are supposed to have disappeared a very long time ago, but the dragon lets them go because they promise the dragon that they're going to give her all this treasure that's in the cave. Um, she gives them one of her scales so they can, like, find her again. Anyways, they eventually get to the cave. All of the treasure in the cave is basically cursed. Um, So when all the other thieves go to grab the treasure, they basically, like, melt. I was thinking very, like, Indiana Jones and the t- and Raiders of the Lost Ark. When they open up yep. the Ark of the Coven, they just all melt. Blah. Okay.
0: Yep. Big that pile of goo.
1: Big pile of human goo. Human goo. Anyways. They go to get the coin, Cass is going to get it, but Drake, being the wily thief that has no, like, morals, steals it from Cass, and so basically, the thing inside of the coin now calls Cass master. And so at first, they're both really, like, shocked by, like, what Kira is, and they don't quite know what she is, but she calls herself the blessing. So anyways, Kira, we know, has been trapped in the coin for a really long time. I don't think we're quite clear as to how long she's been in the coin, um, because she has lost concept of time. Um, and she's been trapped by herself. Through the centuries, she's had other masters that she has like manipulated their wishes so that they would die. Um, But she's determined now that her next master is, you know, she's going to be kind to them because she's been trapped in the coin for like way too long. She can't stand it anymore. Anyways, they think she's kooky because she is. The running joke is that Drake is really hot and beautiful. And then kira's always like oh, i'm so sorry you're ugly should do you want me to like yeah. rearrange your face I know. and he gets
2: pissed because his thing as a thief he's arrogant yeah he's, he's very, very arrogant, arrogant but he thinks like his success as a thief is because he's good looking and he's able to manipulate all these women into like opening up their doors to him and stuff like that so he knows his good looks has gotten him really far in life and so then it just irks him he's like I'm fucking good looking. What the fuck is wrong with you? She's like, I'd just change your eyes to the other side of your face if you want, Master. And he's like, no.
1: Yeah. She's like, I like you despite you being ugly.
0: Yeah. She talks to him. She's like, well, you know, he's ugly, but I still wouldn't mind kissing him. Like, she just – she's a little Yeah, she has a bit of a split personality
2: here where, you know, she's very aloof. But then, like, her other personality is talking back to her, I think, is like – the original self-Cura with mm-hmm. that we meet in the prequel that was very strong-willed and a total badass.
1: So, anyways, Cass is pissed that Drake took the coin from him. Um, because Cass, after what happened with Magdor throwing him in prison and telling him about the treasure, he's convinced um that she has the Emperor under her control and he wants to expose her. And the only way that he can do that is if um you know he gets back to the palace and so he decides to encourage drake to enter this competition where all of like the other like nobles in the kingdom are joining so they can win the hand of princess austin um and so whatever they decide that uh kira's gonna make drake look like a count um count drake naziri mm-hmm. nazini nagiri sure anyway it's naz something um and so he's from like one of the far off kingdoms that's like a little bit wild so when great when drake doesn't have like nazari there we go when drake doesn't have any manners it's because he's from like this wild kingdom um where they're kind of nuts and Cass is going to be like his servant so whatever they come to the competition we find out that drake can't read um
0: very
2: sad moment for me That
1: was pretty sad um, so, we also find out that Drake is covered in, like, all these tattoos, which is not really common. He's still really hot, but he's covered in all these tattoos. Um, I think
0: because they're so well done, that's what's yes, common
1: about that them. that too. Yeah. Well, I, I he's covered, I covered in them, about too. I to was call
2: him Chowl. <laughs> Chow, Chow. yeah. Um, Cass, that's what he notices, is that the quality of the tattoos. So, he's like, how do the get such great tattoos Mm -hmm. and he has like this sort of like weird admiration for him and you're kind of like you guys are going to become best buddies you and me
1: you got a friend in me (laughs) that'll be the theme song but Um. he's
2: so like after his own motive like I don't think we said it but the reason why he wants to go and do this stuff with Drake is because one he wants to clear his name so he thinks exposing Magdor for that but he also has like this huge fucking crush Huge. That he won't fully admit to to the princess. So he's like, "I'm doing this for the princess, but I'm not going to be worthy of her. She's I'm not worthy of looking at her. I'm not worthy for time or anything. But I'm doing this for her."
1: Yeah, I wasn't so. Okay, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. A- another thing we find out is that Magdor has a son. His name is Khan, and, and he, he looks is like a pile like... of rocks. I thought he looked like a potato.
2: A potato to me is the same thing as a pile of rocks. <laughs> They're in the soil, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, Magdor has a son, Khan, who is ugly as Sin, um, but he's big and a big fighter. And so, because this competition basically involves fighting, um, Magdor is pretty certain that he's going to win. So, he's going to be married to Princess Austin. Um, and so, Austin is totally repulsed by that.
2: And so, he's also dumb as rocks.
0: Yeah. He's gross. He's just, he's just, just gross. gross. He's an idiot. He's not. He's like f- mostly made with dark magic and like that's how Magdor gave birth to him through some weird s- thing, thing with like happened. her yeah. dad. And yeah. Just, you know. um,
1: so, however, in one of her displays of using magic, which she's not supposed to, um, Magdor gives Khan a potion and so he becomes good looking. I guess. Yeah,
0: still dumb as shit,
1: but yeah. good looking now. Terrible personality, but now he's good looking. Anyways, again, Austin hates her stepmother is trying to, like, expose her, um, but Magdor mistreats her, poisons her when Austin Locks tries to her escape. Up in a room. Yeah, it's just, it's not good. Anyways, Kira, Cass, and Drake? what's his face? Drake. Uh, make it back to the city. There's a little side quest where we meet um, Cass's family, and he has Kira, like, keep them safe so that his old guard boss, Captain, yeah. Merrick, Captain Merrick, mm-hmm. fuck that guy, um, doesn't, mm-hmm. like, come after his family, whatever.
2: This so is anyways, the part where I started enjoying, like, the storyline a little bit more. I was like, ooh, things are starting to get a little interesting here.
1: Um, So the competition starts, whatever. Drake gives them a bunch of extra money, whatever. You know, Cass is... There's this whole thing where like Cass is constantly um correcting him and telling him you know a real noble like wouldn't behave this way but like drake is you know cocky and he's like i'm charming everybody can't you know we'll get over it because i'm so great anyways competition starts he has the first battle with count who cares naville captain naville i don't know some guy hands up winning He's like flirting with the princess because she's like intrigued by him because, you know, he's not necessarily someone who follows the rules. And so she wants freedom. So she knows he's an arrogant ass hat. But at the same time, like, who doesn't like an arrogant ass hat? I know I'm guilty of that.
2: Yeah, Drake was right after Allie. Side note before this competition starts, the princess tries to run away and she gets caught by Magnor. Cool. That's all I wanted to say. She unsuccessfully left, but the attempt was there.
1: There's this scene well, I guess Kira and Drake are like forming a bond because of course, Kira is beautiful, she's crazy, but she's beautiful um in her fey form or in her blessing form, and um she likes that Drake is like, "I'm never gonna put you back in the coin, which is like her biggest fear um. And they have, like, I guess some type of, like, sexual tension.
2: I felt like I was projecting that. But, yeah, there's some sort of tension there.
1: And he he defends her to the guy that he beat Um, anyways. And she hasn't been touched in so long. But she's scared of being touched because the times that she'd been touched before, she had been abused by her other masters and.
0: But she also was trapped in the coin for so long that she was sort of afraid she had fully lost her mind and just like hallucinated all these people. Yeah. Exactly. So she was really afraid to also touch him because she's like, if you're not real, the realization that I'm just absolutely crazy may just kill me.
2: Right. And Drake is actually like, this is where we kind of see the softer side of his character because he's actually has a decent bone in his body and is strictly for Kira.
1: Yeah. He tries to pretend that he doesn't have like, a heart, but he does. It's limited into the people that he has a heart
2: for.
0: Um, yeah, he he's respectful, and he's like, if this were any other person, like we would really- already be in the sheets already.
2: Yeah, he fights for her to stay out of the coin with Cass, and mm-hmm. he'll stand up for her. And he's like, I'm never gonna. This is the thing he's always telling her he will never put her back in the coin, and yes. he tells Cass that, and he fights Cass on this point, and it's a huge moment that we just. Put that out there, because...
1: And, because Cass is very, like, unsure about Kira, because she has a shit ton of power, and he doesn't know what it is, and he really just wanted to destroy the coin to make sure that it didn't fall into Magdor's hand. Um, So it's, like, nothing against Kira, but it's just, like...
2: Air on the side of caution, type of yeah. guy. He's yeah. like, and she he's can like, do less damage inside the coin than she can
0: outside. Exactly. Right. We don't know how quickly she'll turn on us. We don't know what she can do, or there's like weird side effects to these magics. It's just like secretly going to kill us if we use more than like it, do it twice. And she so. has
1: odd behaviors where it becomes very apparent that she's like not normal. So
0: yeah.
1: <clears throat> anyways, he doesn't want anybody identifying her. Anyways, Drake got a pretty good beating in that fight. Kira kind of heals him um, but we find out that that night there's going to be like a 12 course meal that's very ceremonial and there's supposed to be like I would call it like Catholic mass where the princess says things and all the they suitors repeat, repeat <laughs> back it's like there's like a really call like a response, yes. response um and so it's very ceremonial of course there's not enough time to teach Drake what it's supposed to be um so Kira dresses cast up as drake transforms him um so he can go to the dinner um and he goes to the dinner and he doesn't act like the usual arrogant asshat that drake would have been um but he ends up getting some alone time with the princess and he's just like they're bonding because like he's in love with her and he's gonna kiss her but fucking magdor shows up and was like princess austin how dare you Anyways, Cass has to leave um, or Cass as Drake has to leave and as he's going back to his room um, he gets beat over the head and he's oh taking prisoners got jumped. somewhere. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, Gee, jumped.
1: I wonder who jumped him.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyways, we get back to um, the suite where Drake and Kira are and he's getting worried that he doesn't know where Cass is when all of a sudden there's like this huge like Explosion and like fireballs across the sky, and lo and behold, Azura, Azusa, Azura. Uh, oh, the i literally the just dragon. <laughs> the dragon shows up, and she's like, "I'm looking for the oathbreakers because they promised me treasure." And we're like, "Oh shit!" So Azure. the city's. There you go. The city is under attack by that massive
0: attack. Like this dragon is pissed. And And she she brings all her, like, desert
2: friends that should not exist in the real world. Which are not
1: friends. Which are not friends. There's, like, fire drakes. And there's scorpion spiders. She's like, I'm riding out with my armies. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's like, we're all angry.
1: So anyways, they're attacking the city and she's calling for the Oathbreakers. So Drake was like, oh, shit, we need to go find Cass. And so he makes Kira come up with some type of, like, there we go. I was like, compost? That's not right. <laughs> Some type of compass to, like, find him. Anyways, Cass comes to, he's being and basically tortured in a chamber by Magdor, and she's trying to, like, take over his body, and she reveals herself that she's actually really evil, and it's this really, like, disturbing scene, and she eats a little kid's heart um, in front of Cass, and He's like, oh, man, this is why there's always, like, little kids washing up short debts, because she's, like, keeping herself alive with these little kids' hearts, hearts, which is disgusting. Anyways, she gives him a potion. He loses his magic, um, and so he's revealed to be Cass, and she's like, Cassius, Cassius, Cassius Lazar, because that's his full name um and he's like i'm gonna destroy you and they get into this crazy fight kira and drake show up they all get into this fight and like he beats her silly and sh- her body falls into the river
2: and gets taken
0: and the sewer with the current
1: yeah yeah like a anyways.
0: sewer current takes her out to sea and you know if we don't see a dead body like dead dead you know that bitch you're is are not coming dead. back yep you know that bitch is coming back anyways
1: um so they go off to fight the dragon Lo and behold, Austin put on some armor and she's also fighting the dragon. And so the four of them are going to like fight the dragon. And it's just it's very cho- it's very Twisted Sister chaos fight scene. If you've read any of their fight scenes, you know that things are just like chaotic. Oh,
2: wait, as they were fighting, um, Drake saves her. And Here. then she's yes, Drake says no, Drake says Austin oh yes oh yes and they have this kiss and they finally have the kiss which is a kiss that was like starting to brew when Cass was under as disguised as Drake and he was about to kiss her and then Magdor interrupted so like Cass was watching this and he like was he gets jealous, broken, and, and so jealous? Does Kira kind of Kira he's gets like, jealous. What too? is this feeling? I think that's how her and Cass start bonding a little bit because they both are jealous over that couple's relationship forming, and they're like, "Oh shit, this feeling that I have—it's jealous." Now I understand where the frowning man is always so upset—the sullen man, the sullen man. There <laughs> we go. I like that's so her funny. nickname for Cass because he's always pouting.
1: Anyways, there's this craziness. Um they end up Kira and Drake end up falling into the temple of something or other. And Austin ends up with Cass. The dragon finds Austin and and This is a shit Cass. that just got
2: wild for me and I was like, what the fuck am I reading?
1: The drag so the dragon <laughs> a finds bit. <laughs> a bit crazy. The dragon finds Austin and Cass. We find out that the Azure Azura, whatever has a baby in her ruby egg that she brought with her to the fight because that's what you would do as a mother dragon. Who is the last dragon?
2: That egg was like a gift from the gods and she's been like protecting it it for years. Protecting it for it to be able to hatch. I forget what they call that term. You know, when you're sitting on a fucking egg. Sitting (laughs) on
0: an egg.
1: Incubating. Incubating. There we go. Well,
0: incubating, whatever.
1: She's been- Either way, she's
0: sitting on this damn egg for thousands of years and it hatches, right? In front, yeah, of, in hatches, front of Cass
2: and, and immediately it imprints, imprints on him. And she's pissed.
0: And
1: the new little dragon is called Emberless. It was cute. I thought it was a cute name. Anyways, Cass has infinity for animals and so he and Emberless are like now bonded so then... Azura is
0: so pissed. Even more pissed. She, she's like, "Now she's you like, bring me treasure, and now you took my baby. and am waiting like literally hundreds of years to reward." Like I'm she's like, "You pissed. foolish husband!" I can't even speak right now. You foolish human! How <laughs> dare you
2: imprint on what is mine? And so then she curses him,
1: so that he will hate, or that he will cause the death of the thing that he loves most. And we know that that's probably going to end up being Austin because she's, like, hiding
2: in a corner somewhere.
1: Um, And he gets covered in dragon scales, which I think is the curse. Not that he actually ends up covered in dragon scales. Yeah, I think it it, didn't
0: just,
2: like, appear and then disappear.
0: Like a visualization of, body. you are now cursed by a dragon. So, like, a brief flash of dragon scales just solidify this.
1: Um, So, anyways, that's where his story ends. Okay, so, back to... Back to Kira and Drake. So they're in the temple and like weird things are happening in the temples and like his tattoos are going off. And then actually it's under the temple, not the actual temple.
0: And Kira's like, we need to get out of here. We need to get the fuck out of here. We need yeah. to get out of here, sir. Like, we let's get to go. And why are you walking in? We got to walk yeah. out. And there's this voice that keeps saying something about like
1: the warrior born of like, born of, I don't know, something Sin, or other. Something like that. Something like that. Anyways whatever is happening is calling to drake kira's like no dude we gotta go and he's like walking in and then lo and behold we find out that Khalir is there he shouldn't be alive after all these years but he clearly he's done some like weird dark magic and i don't know he's coming after drake they're fighting him it's some weird power there's something else there um they end up defeating him in a really Whoa. like graphic way
0: yeah, so we find out that Clear was responsible for all the tattoos um, that were put upon Drake and the years and years and years of torture. So I believe he's it, also the person that put Kira into the coin. The right. coin, and so she has some kind of realization that the tattoos were not are the names of all the gods. Yeah, she like her memory kind of H flashes language. back, and she's like, "Oh shit, these are the names of all the gods. Like this is really bad."
2: So he was basically stripping power from the gods and as he was tattooing their names onto his bodies, he was stealing that power and putting it into Drake. So Drake was basically very valuable to him because he has all these gods tattooed on his body, which means that he's holding all his power in him. And that's so he's been searching for him while he's been on the run and like hiding as a thief.
1: Yeah. And he wants to like take over his body yeah Uh, there's some
2: kind of like he's like crippling out and he needs to like maintain a new source in order to continue living which would have been drake that's why he put all his effort into finding all these kids that would be able to like hold with the power of the god so he can take over that body and continue living on and be even more powerful from what i can remember yes
1: so anyways they kill kalir or drake kills kalir with whatever but then something is calling to him and Kira's like don't go we got to get out of here but whatever is calling to him is really calling to like the greed and
0: mm-hmm. just i don't want to say malice his like darker tendencies H- exactly like the worst parts of him is like what's coming out in this and so, and so throughout
2: the entire book he always kept warning Kira you see the nice part of me but don't forget i'm a thief at the end of the day and you cannot like, trust I'm not me a good person. and she's like I want to say she's falling in love and I felt like I was projecting, but she was starting to like learn to trust him and she wanted to be him. She wanted to protect him because he was the first master she's ever had that showed her a little bit of decency.
1: Yeah. And he was like, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. Get back into the coin. That was the shit that fucked me up. (laughs) Asshole. And he's like walking deeper into the temple and that's where his story ends. And Kira's basically, like, going back, becoming purple smoke, going back into the coin. And she's like, oh, I should have known. So that's where that story ends.
0: And like okay. that's just where it ends. That, okay. that was it. That was it. Okay. Well, I have thoughts on that, but let's start at the top. Let's start at the tippy top. So, Hilda, you did a great job of telling us what happened. So you guys all now have a frame of reference for the characters, the storyline. Now we're going to get into thoughts and feelings. I will say... Her recap was a lot better than the actual book. <laughs> it was. You made it good. So right, I think, let's just say, did you
2: like this book? Okay. Hilda, you go first because you were the one that was like, it's good. It's good. Like okay. you were at 20% saying this. Okay. And I was like.
1: Okay. Okay. Hold on. Okay. So as we are recording this, I literally finished reading this an hour ago. It has never taken me so long to finish a book
2: mm-hmm. by
1: the Twisted Sisters.
2: It was coming up to what two weeks?
1: Yeah, I've never. It's never taken me that long. Um, I feel like this book. Well, first of all, it was like six hundred pages, which yes. is I think it had really no long, business being that long. No uh-uh. business, which is really long for like their usual like first book. I'm still processing. It got exciting towards the end. And so I feel like I'm still writing that wave of excitement just because I did like I had adrenaline going. I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. I don't know if that means, though, if, that I liked it. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't my favorite. Like, I'm trying to think back. Like, I didn't love the first ZA book.
0: But there was but something was there that
2: exciting, and it got you to like you were still able to experience a range of emotions, which is what the Twisted Sisters is known for. Were but you experiencing also, that range
0: in this book?
1: But also, I was able to pick up book two right away. I'm I feel like if you can't able, write a
0: standalone, that I don't need you to go to the second book right away, then it's not good.
1: So, well, it's
0: not it's not a standalone.
2: I don't know. I'm I didn't hate it.
0: She's too fresh off fresh off of it. I don't.
2: You didn't have it's, enough time to marinate to realize how much time not, you wasted in the past two weeks.
1: You're so harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it was a waste of my time because I didn't I didn't stay up and like lose sleep over this. I like read it at my own leisurely pace. So I don't feel like I put parts of my life on hold to finish this book. I I feel like it's very different from what I'm used to from the sisters. I'm used to like quick, fun, like
0: friendly, Bravo. And efficient.
1: Yeah, well, I feel like I when I think of the sisters, I think of like Bravo, addictive, yeah.
2: highly entertaining,
1: very entertaining. I felt like this was kind of deep, and it was trying to be deep, and I don't know, right. I don't. It, it's okay, not what I okay. was expecting. It's not what I was expecting, and so and it was a lot. It was six hundred pages, which is a lot for their first book in a series. Bridget, do you want me to go next?
0: Do you want to go next?
2: I feel like we're just gonna rip a new one, so maybe it's best if you go next. Okay.
0: I did not care for this book, and I was really excited to read it. I just had a hard time getting into it and staying into it. There's a lot of dialogue an inner dialogue that happens in this book. And I don't think it moved the plot forward at all. I felt like I was reading so much for so little to actually happen. This book had no business being 600 pages. Um, the story started off strong. Like we go, we're in, the thieves are breaking into a house. Someone has to like seduce an old lady. Like I'm like, oh, all right. I off strong. And then it hits a lull that just couldn't, it couldn't come back from. And so I originally thought reading it, I'm like, okay, we had our quick peak. Now we're back down. We're starting at the back. Think of it like a line graph. We're at the very bottom. And we're working our way back up to this big payoff at the end. And I just felt like we didn't didn't hit that peak. We just like plateaued halfway through the line graph chart. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, maybe the pacing is going to be like Tower of Dawn. You know, you have this like really intense book before you gotta read kale's perspective from tower of dawn i fucking love you that don't book. <laughs> well like you know it's is not your character you're used to and so you're kind of like okay 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 like you're going through the plot and then like whoa the, the last 70 percent, 30 percent of that book like really really made took off so i was assuming that would be the same and so when this started to take off i just it just it was okay it was okay. You had the dragon scene. You had the fight scene. I was like, okay, cool. We're getting getting somewhere finally. And the fact that it just ends with Kira get back in the coin, and she's like, oh, I knew this was too good to be true. Like that's where it ends. I was pissed. I'm like, this is what I read six hundred pages for. Sorry, I, I had feelings on this. I told Bridget, I'm like, and Hilda, I'm like, this this might have been a DNF for me. Like I got halfway through, and I think it was like at the forty percent, and I'm like, this nothing's really happened. I could mm-hmm. move on with my life and it would be fine.
1: Also, I would want to say there is not enough smut.
0: No,
2: absolutely not. So here's the wild part. And you guys didn't read prequel. The prequel for me was like a four star, almost 4.5 star read. Really? It was spicy. There was entertainment. Um, so I was like, wow this novella is really good. It's the prequel. We get to meet Kira. She was spicy. She was having sex with her fuck buddy. You get the revenge plot of her when her sister dies and she takes a revenge to go kill the emperor. You meet the gods. You learn about the fae life. And it was like, I was like, this is going to be great. Like the next book is going to be so good. And I start reading it and I was like, oh, we get to meet Drake. This is fun. This is great. And then boom, we just it went literally nowhere. When we started getting into those really heavy inner monologues and everything was so repetitive. If yep. I had to hear Cast say one more time that he's a man of steel or Ugh. how he doesn't deserve the princess or how he's going to out door for whatever the fuck she's doing – and then hear Drake talk one more time about how he's so good looking and he's so good at betting women, but doesn't show me his fucking dick or his skills at all. At all. <laughs> at all. I was like, you know, that TikTok sound that's like, show me your wiener. Literally, <laughs> that was me. I was like, give me something here. They did warn that it was going to be slow. They said it was going to be a slow burn. But it was just slow without just any slow. burn. Like, where was the burn? I was projecting. There was some. No, there was
1: definitely some Kira and Drake tension. There was a little but tension, I didn't but feel nowhere any... to
2: the fact that you were feeling the angst that you normally yeah. would like. No, this was not emotional blue balls. Not at I all. I felt
1: no tension between Austin and Cass. Not because zero. Because they
2: actually zero. have never really interacted, interacted with each as other as
0: characters. Yeah. So. I have a hard time believing he is so in love with this person.
2: Without even really talking to her because he can't talk to the princess. He just the thing about Cass is that he loves what he's seen and he's built up her as a character in his head. He has like this fantasy version of her that he's in love with and he's he hasn't actually gotten to know her. So we'll see. I think when he actually gets to know her,
0: he's gonna have a really hard time marrying the two uh-huh and he may turn them off just like when cole met selena slash aelin and had a really hard time realizing this person mean i thought was kale <laughs> <Child. Cole? laughs> kale yeah i called him cole didn't i yeah 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 he's cold to me <clears throat> anyway kale uh yeah i just i didn't have any i didn't care I t- for any of these characters i was really. picking
2: up very like child kale coal vibes from Cass and I was that's one of the reasons why I didn't love him that much but
1: listen none of these men are Lance Orion.
0: we know we know they're never gonna be and I I thought we spent way too much time in the 40 thieves dead I'm like I don't need to know like I don't care like this scene would have been funny where the healer was like dry humping him to like heal him and Cass was like it was almost what is happening but you didn't care enough about these characters to be like washer vibes Yes. But I also, like, I didn't care enough about these people. I didn't know anything about this healer or anything about the process. It's just like it was too soon to introduce something funny that I did not care about. Right. They should
2: have definitely, like, shortened all of the inner monologue that was happening while they were on their journey to the desert. Like, you hear Drake also talking about how he's a thief and no one should trust him. And he kept going on and on. And, like, I liked the perspective at the beginning but when you keep repeating it over and over, what is the point? We could have pushed the needle. You could have completed your quest. We could have hit up the city. Once they got to the city, I was like, all right, let's go. Like, this is happening. Things are starting to move along. And I enjoyed it pretty much up until the competition. You know, then the, the dragon comes and starts to, like, all that parts are moving. And I was like, this is really great. And then the curse of the dragon, I was like, wait. Are we moving into a second book? I thought this was like a little preview of what was to come. And then we see that part about Drake and how Calera is there. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I just didn't enjoy it anymore. I was like, this is like too much in the last 20% for me to be able to enjoy it and like see this come in. And when I say I started enjoying it, like around 50% and say, oh, it was getting better. It was getting better, but it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the book it was a lot better but yeah. it just it was a mess for me same same
1: I had a feeling because they, they dropped a couple of lines about Drake's tattoos and I was like watch that Khalir hasn't like died I had a feeling that he was going to come back
0: I had a feeling um, on where, because I thought maybe Kira's magic like I thought maybe his tattoos had made him better looking like he is magicked himself hmm. almost like khan became like good looking like maybe he just wasn't always as good looking and kira can see like she sees through the bullshit and the magic and he's like oh no you're actually ugly that's why she keeps calling him ugly but drake doesn't know any better and maybe he never had a mirror because he was like a street urchin and never saw what he looked like until Khalir was like i made you beautiful You'd yeah i was like
2: i think if you read the pre- prequel you start picking up on those like little signs earlier into the book because you're like wait a second this feels a little familiar here um i was worried that people didn't read the prequel they would have had made those connections
0: well you guys did well maybe i'll go i didn't read the, the prequel and honestly i was really i didn't read it and i was worried i didn't want to based on how this book was but so if it's i was so reading, good
2: you do get a lot of the information you need well why not just put that in this book that's what i that would have that... been
1: like 900 pages
2: but that's the thing. I think if they had shaved down a good portion of that repetitive inner monologue and, like, added in the prequel, you would have gotten the spice immediately that you wanted. You would have gotten to know Kira as a character before she ended up in the the coin. And she's, like, a completely 180 different character. Like, her personality is completely different. She has a sex affinity, so she's, like, very active. She's also a healer. That's how she was able to, like, figure out that Cass was, like, being affected by some moss or something that he ate. So I think it would have been nice. You'd been able to see the switch of character. You'd been able to appreciate Kira more as a genie because you know who she was beforehand. And when she's actually having those conversations with her split personality, you know it's actually the Kira from before Mm. that she's trying to like her basically herself split, in my opinion. I don't know. There was a lot that could have been better in this book. If I was not reading it for the podcast, I would have DNFed that 20%. Which apparently, according to a lot of good reviews, a lot of people DNF'd it super early. Um, I I, I
1: haven't checked any reviews. Yeah, I waited until
2: I was done because I was like, I don't want to be influenced. Mm -hmm, And then I I thought, I was like, oh my God, this is exactly how I was feeling.
1: I didn't have time to.
2: If I had any (laughs) sway with the authors, I'd be like, you should combine a prequel with this, shave them some of the stuff. And then you would have like a pretty good book. Yeah. Add a little bit more angst. More angst. I also
0: wanted more –
2: From the princess. Like, she's a main part of this book and we were barely getting enough interaction with her.
0: And I didn't, again, I didn't love her enough. She just seemed like very run-dimensional. She was just like, I'm a princess and I gotta escape out of here. And I've been secretly training with Sora. I just like, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't care for her as much. I did like Kira. I liked Kira. I liked Kira. I think Kira saved the interest. Because Cass um, was, like, too holier than thou. Like, I am a royal god. I am mad of steel. hair, yes.
2: me roar. I don't know. I have f- honor.
0: And I am so
2: unworthy of the princess's love. How dare I look upon her face before she's unveiled.
0: I would have loved even, not in a prequel, though, I guess they explained it there, but even, like, a chapter or two on the god system and how this is working so that I can appreciate either what's on his tattoos or like what Claire did or what some frame oh. of reference for me to understand why this is so important and impactful. The, it kind of goes into it a little bit in the prequel.
2: Also, you know how they talk about like the first lie, like that's mm-hmm. when the yeah. uh, gods got pissed. The first lie was Kira. Oh, so after her sister died, she went into a frenzy and her, let me back up, back up reverse, reverse. So Kira's sister is this beautiful fae and she is married to this lovely man and they have twins and being a fae and having twins is very rare. And her twins have like this beautiful silver hair, which is also really rare. So like they're well off in the community and they have like their own little, I I don't want to call it a palace, but they have like this entire
1: estate mansion Compound. estate mm-hmm. basically
2: so they're doing well off their parents are frolicking around the country and the emperor basically calls upon them because he the emperor really wants to get with the sister even though she's married and have kids like and people just have to do what he wants so they go there they show up kira is trying to grab the emperor's attention so he won't go after the sister And they think that she's doing really well. She's trying to make him jealous by, you know, dancing with her fuck buddy because Emperor wants things that he cannot have. And while she thinks she's in the clear at the very end, he calls upon the sister and is like, I want a night with you. And then um, Kira makes a scene and is like, no, take me instead. Like she has a, like a husband and like kids. And he is like, well, I would never force it upon you. And the sister's like, well, I want to go home with my husband. The next day, the sister goes off to run errands and she shows up like police show up at kira's door saying that the sister's dead and has been murdered and she's her they found her body in this like horrible part of the city and she mainly knows it's the emperor so she's making plans to kill the emperor and she calls upon the god the goddess of death and herodot and herodot gives her the skills in order to allow her to lie so she goes to the palace and she tells the guards I am here to like make love to the emperor like he called upon me. And that was the first lie that the Fae have ever been able to have. So she goes and she walks towards the emperor. He comes – she goes into the bedroom. He's sleeping and she like murders him, like straight up gets on top of him, stab, 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 blood everywhere, like scene blood. And then she runs away and she runs into her fuck buddy. Her fuck buddy is also like a warrior Mm and he is a, a general or something for the emperor. And he starts apologizing to her and she makes a connection that her sister ran into him while she was running errands. And he up uh, like, because the emperor told him, he went and took the sister to the emperor. And the emperor kills the sister. And then he disposes of the body in the wrong part of town. And then so she's like, Holy shit, how dare you? You come to my house. We have this relationship. We're not together, but we're fuck buddies for years and years and years. And then you know, you have food with my family. You know my my nieces, like they're babe. They're basically babies. They're like, I think six or seven. Um, and like she was so hurt and so pissed, and she also has an affinity for like war or something. And at that time, like her affinity was just like vibrating, and she stabs him and kills him. And then she gets captured by the guards that were chasing after her, and they send her to the jail. And so the emperor's daughter takes over and tells. Kaleer, who is the prophet, you deal with her, you do her punishment. And he goes, and he's like, I have a punishment for you. And she's like, just kill me now. And he's like, you think you deserve death? You think this is over? She goes, I'm going to meet my sister in the afterlife. I'm ready to die. Because she knew she was going to die either way. And he goes, no, I got one better. So he basically does the entire ceremony, like puts the power of the gods in her and then traps her into the coin to use as his like weapon. And then somehow her coins get sold off Dude, to other people. This was
0: such a better story.
2: I'm telling this you, is, it was so good. This like, is good. Like, wow, this is going to be great. But no.
1: So and then that's the how prequel. I realized,
2: Oh, she's the genie.
1: So what I'm hearing is, go read the
2: prequel. Go read the prequel. Go read the prequel. But I still don't think it makes the and actual maybe book, book better. Book two
0: will be better. How about this? Don't read the prequel. Don't read book one. Just listen to this. You're good to go.
1: <laughs> I will say. I will say though. Both of you did not like ZA1. I still had
0: angst, though. I still Both had emotions. Both of
1: you did not like ZA1. I did Yes. But
0: the reasons I didn't like so, it were not because of the writing or story direction. No. I didn't like it because I was pissed the at Yes. I was yes. so mad. I was at pissed vessels. at the boys. I'm like, what so, is this book doing to me? It's making me feel sad. I'm weeping. Like, this girl
1: almost died. So, like, okay. Th- I mean, this wasn't, this was not my favorite by far
2: i do think Um, they were trying to take a step into they do bully romance and it's fantasy but i think they were trying to take a step into just fantasy where you require a lot of world building and i don't think they're up to the caliber yet to be able to do that they do have the fan base and the following that people are just gonna read it just out of pure like like how we are like yeah
0: like, I like all like, these other things, so I'm going to like this.
2: Yeah. The fandoms die hard. You know they're going to read everything and praise them, but I do hope the next books get better.
0: I hope they have a master plan on this, what, this Google sheet they have, their notes section in their phones that they told us. Like, I need you to have a better plan. I agree with you, Bridget. I think it's, like, they got so used to you writing these other kinds of stories that now they're having a hard time transitioning out of those kinds of stories. But, like, yeah,
1: I mean – maybe them for like personal growth want to transition out of them but like hey
2: that's great i just
1: but like i really like their bravo stuff
2: me
0: too like you're good at that
2: but here's the thing that really got me messed up after this book because overall as a whole i haven't loved loved their most recent books like the last book eight book seven i was just book seven was fine book eight i was just really disappointed in and I already had like a little bit of bad taste in my mouth with them over it. And then they come up with this and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why are their most recent books that they've come out with not hitting the mark when I know they can write a fucking brilliant book? Because we've read like books two, three, four of RB. And then we read like books, what, three through seven of Zodiac Academy. And they were amazing. Absolutely um. amazing. So we know they can write well.
0: Yeah. Get it to editors, but whatever. That's together. a separate yeah, yeah.
2: conversation. Yeah. But like, we know they can be able to we have high get hopes. us all to have emotion yeah. over these books. Yeah. You know like, that meme, laughing Tyler? Like
0: um, or- <laughs> yeah. Like, I need something here. I didn't cry. I didn't have emotional blue balls.
1: Uh, you know what? I would say maybe that was part of it too. It was
0: missing humor.
2: Yeah. There, there just like, wasn't there was their a normal. things that
0: were kind of, yeah. They were trying to have the humor. With the healer that was dry humping them. With like Kira being like, you're so yeah. ugly. I'm so sad for you. Drake started off really funny,
2: but it, then it got repetitive and it was like, too much. You are just like, okay, we get it. Uh, it wasn't okay,
1: so
2: eh. It was not it. the
1: consensus is we
2: don't love it. No. I feel like we should you, love you, Twisted Sisters, though, if you're listening yeah. to this from across the pond. I
1: feel like you two are more likely to throw in the towel. I'm not there yet. I didn't love it. Oh, I mean, I'm
0: gonna, we're gonna probably keep reading it. Yeah, I mean, look, if I'm gonna
2: continue reading JLA, I'm gonna continue reading this as well.
0: I was gonna say, I did not
1: hate this as much as the last two JLA books.
0: You know why is it? It's like, it's that, that meme where it's like, we're rooting for you. We're we're all rooting for you with Tyler, Tyra Banks. No? From America's Next Top Model. Mm -hmm. That's why I feel like, we're rooting for you. And I'm like, yeah. You kind of let us down here with these specifically more JLA than than this for right now. But there's, you know, like Bridget said, eight was a disappointment. The fact that there's a nine, a disappointment. This yeah. a disappointment. So it's like I I also have that same like, oh, have we lost the magic? Worry. That's what I'm worried about. Have we lost yeah. the magic?
2: Is it gonna get better? I want it I to I just get finished better. the last book of Kings of Quarantine, which is Queen of Quarantine, and I had started it in October it got repetitive and like i was annoyed with the main character personal issues so i stopped it and then i finished it this past week and holy shit the ending was so good once again really? i was like they know how to write like they know how to like capture their audience they know good drama they know good spice oh we know they know
0: good spice oh yeah We've we do. read it it's that book is
1: spicy. oh yeah the kings of
2: quarantine you haven't read it yet Caitlin. no i'm good
0: to nice. the list now
2: it's spicy. <laughs> it's RH, of course. It's spicy, but they keep it like fresh and new. Oh,
0: so I like it's not that. just
2: like the same positions.
0: Well, yeah, there's like two that come to mind. So how are we gonna keep this fresh? You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like we said, we're we're gonna keep going. We're gonna we're gonna see it through. Oops, sorry, I just threw my clip across the room. <laughs> You're so <laughs> passionate about so it. So passionate. <laughs> Um, my affinity for throwing things apparently is just <laughs> shining through. we blame the
2: gods, not yep, me.
0: We're gonna keep, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna, we're gonna give gonna it keep a solid. Chugging go. along
2: as we do, we're, we're doing hope it for, for you guys and the authors.
0: Yes, we're doing it. We're gonna, we're gonna try and try and see it through.
2: Do we know when the next book is coming out? No. Do we even know when the next CA is coming
0: out? No. no. We have don't have, have answers. Have, we have questions they have and no
2: answers.
1: Started talking about. Um, release like contests for um arcs of ZA Nine. I'm hoping that they just spring it
0: on us and surprise us. Remember when us. we optimistically thought, "Oh, it'll be like March, April." Oh, God, yes. It's March. Yes, it's, almost it's May now. Or April. It's almost April. Wow. It's now. Wow.
2: Also, I don't know why. I know we had the interview and they told us this was like a new series. In my head, I still kept thinking this was the Vampire Empire in ZA, like the other kingdom oh, that's no, not Solaria, no. but the, uh, i really thought this was gonna be other it.
1: theories no yeah i don't know why I, so i don't want to tell people how to live their life um but, but i feel like cough, cough. i feel like the twisted sisters need to embrace their chaos
2: are you, are you i think they do they definitely no no, do.
1: no i think that they're trying to be like structured and oh i see
2: to fit the bucket's
1: yeah, and they're like, I want to get stuff out early so we can release it with, like, the audio recording. But, like, I feel like, which I appreciate, but I feel like they thrive better under chaos, potentially.
2: I hear you. Listen, but also, I know I'm a lot also, of people are, are audiobook readers. And-
1: listen, I'm also a master procrastinator. And listen, you can get Alexa to read to you. It's yeah, not the same. You could. It's but not you can the still same. Do it. But you can still do it while you wait for the official copy. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, Jake and Bridget take saying. it to the
2: next level, so I'm Alexa just has nothing on them.
1: No, she doesn't. But if you're desperate, I'm just saying, I feel like if they embrace their chaos, that's what makes them them.
0: This one felt like they were holding back a little bit, and I didn't want them to hold back. Like, you yeah, didn't, like you had no reason to, to hold like, back.
1: Like, structured. Again,
0: no To me, the first book is a ball.
2: grabber. Like, you got to... Throw all the shit in there and really just grab our attention, like make I me want to about, read the next book. Um,
0: oh gosh, the Gold books. I'm forgetting the names because they're all like gilded, the golden There we go. By Raven Kennedy. Yeah, I remember thinking like, when you make it through to the third book, it's good. I feel like that's a terrible thing to tell someone. Like, make it through to know the know third book.
2: You me off about that book. Like, the first scene was Midas Pricey. and uh-huh. his yeah. like harem. And so I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so spicy. And then we had to wait until the third book to have so
1: sex. So long. Like, you oh know what? Don't, don't make us wait.
2: Oh. Don't
0: make us
1: wait. It doesn't have wait. to
0: be our main characters. I can angst about it, but give me some side action, you know? Like, give it, someone it something.
1: It doesn't have to be, like, every other chapter either. Just, I needed something. So Yo, I I and they dangled fine. that little
0: that little sex affinity thief, like, at us. And I was like, ooh, yeah. maybe you'll come back into play. But I'm like, Like, Ugh. like
1: I appreciate him you know, respecting Kira's boundaries and stuff, but, like, she just needed to jump his bones.
0: I need you to, like, throw someone up a wall. Look, I don't hard, need actual spice. Going. I just
2: need angst. Like, there's stomach clenching, and then there's pussy. <laughs> I
1: can't even say it on the podcast. No, no, no. You're keeping that in. I know you're <laughs> editing, but you're keeping that in. <laughs> you're keep, can't Can't delete that. I can't even fucking say it out loud. You're
0: turning red.
2: <laughs> but, yes i'm okay (laughs) with just angst with just your stomach clenching (laughs) it builds up to so when you finally get to the point it feels like a payoff because like realistically za was a slow burn for the main characters like it took us a while to get to them doing stuff
1: it was just the end of the second book
2: compared to like it all being like a katie roberts book when it's literally in the second chapter
0: i like that i don't have to work for it i'm lazy when i read a katie roberts book i'm like just give it to me yeah but i know that's it's there I'm, I'm
2: reading her books for a straight sm- like the yeah. first point. you think i'm going for the fucking plot no no
0: not <laughs> all right guys well that was do you guys have any last thoughts before we wrap this this little um, agamag well, party I think, up i think we have a good announcement what is our announcement Ooh, wait boat. before we get to that
2: can we do, like, a update on, like, books that are going to TV? Yes. So we already know Play Prisoners is being adapted into, I think, a movie or a television show. I correct? think it's television. Television. Um, also, her book, her next book, got pushed back to December, FYI, in case anyone thought it was still coming out in June. Um, we have JLA, who is getting picked up by, what, Amazon?
1: I think Amazon.
2: Yeah, yeah. Amazon, yeah. So that would be the f- – from Blood and Ash series. And then the same day, coincidentally, Sarah J. Maas decided to drop the date of for her new book. Resident Crescent
0: City 3.
2: So those are our major book updates that we have for you guys. Yeah,
0: Thank so Crescent City 3
1: yeah. is coming out January 24th or 30th,
2: 2024. Can't wait. Can't Speaking, and that is the nice transition into Hilda's big news.
1: So you guys have asked... And we're finally delivering um, our next episode in two weeks. We're going to start our deep dive into ACOTAR and Crescent City. So bur, 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 it is official. Bridget has run out of excuses. She
0: run out she of time. She needs to read it. Like sands through the hourglass.
1: Bridget has <laughs> have time. time. These are the
2: days of our lives. Psy-
0: Wow. You know, there's a lot of summers that we're bored
2: watching Days in Our yes. Lives. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Tell hospital. me about it. Young and Restless Days in Our Lives, back
0: to back. Yeah. Anyway, those are our big announcements. We're excited to cover Akatar. So many of you guys, obviously, all of you guys have read it. I feel like that's everyone's like gateway drug into the book world.
2: They really start off with ACOTAR, or they go straight into like Colleen Hoover. And that's like the split of Book Talk of how people join.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I love Colleen. I've read a couple of her books.
2: Um, I did too. I put it off because everyone's like, "This is emotional damaging. It hurts so much." And I was like, "I don't want to read that shit." I and then I read it, it and then I was like, "Wait by a the second, twisted sisters,
0: nothing can hurt me."
2: That's exactly what I thought. I was like, "You think that hurts? You should read some twisted sisters because that shit has got me all sorts of fucked up. I still cry about it in the shower."
0: I remember like taking a shower and just like staring at the shower wall, being like, "What is happening? I have to contemplate life. Like this is
2: really, really, yeah." Hot. Tori and Darius's um, ugh.
0: Divine moment. Brutal. Till this day. Heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to reread and we covered it again. Anyway, you know, you know. If you know, you know. And you can hear all about it if you don't know. On all the episodes when we covered it. I think that's it from us tonight, guys. A game of Alice and Greed left us wanting more out of this game. But. If you want to play. Yeah. We're still going to play this game. So play with us. (laughs) I guess. Or just listen to us talk about it, and we'll see if it's worth it or not. Um, so we'll catch you next time when we start diving into a court of thorns and roses. Woo! <laughs> I like the like. Woo-woo. Synchronized wooing. Yep, great job, guys. Okay. All right, we'll catch you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.